So, Harry. Yes. The film we're about to discuss features a stage father. Yeah. Who has a favourite child and pushes it into the spotlight with uh, horrifying results. Yeah. So as a soon-to-be parent, how are you planning to cash in on your children? <laughs> uh, okay, well, given I plan on raising my child to become an evil mastermind, Okay. Um, I think it speaks for itself, really. Like, evil mastermind, they're, they're generally quite good at making money. Well, you're thinking world domination, then? Yeah, yeah, Okay. pretty much. So you're not just going to push them on like Britain's Got Talent or anything. You're, go, you're going right to the top with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's no, no, no small stuff. It's okay. yeah, everything. So yeah, it's good. That, that's what's going to happen. And you know, they're, they're going to earn their keep. Ultimately, I plan on retiring by the age of like 35 sort of. Sort sure. Of okay. Yeah. So it's going to work out pretty well. This baby's going to be a, a right moneymaker. I can, I can't see how this could fail to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you could take my name off the Godfather list after all then if, you, if you're planning on raising, I don't want to be like Godfather to the next Hitler. That's not that's, <laughs> that's not gonna look good that's not a good look for anyone so. i've not made the offer to you john oh, okay fair enough <laughs> i spoke too soon Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to what the fuck happened to Baby Jane. Oh, did you watch the uh, the uncut version? <laughs> <laughs> the Tarantino cut. <laughs> we'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing other sequel pitches from our Twitter followers. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the, from the original movie and catch you up with a bit of a plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most chance of keeping his pets alive. Okay. And joining me as always, the host with the most chance of locking someone up one day, is John Lucas. So what you're saying is that you're Blanche and I'm Baby Jane. If, if our podcast did become, it, <laughs> it, it does descend into us just living in a flat together, mm-hmm. one of us routinely torturing the other one. Uh, yeah. While caked in makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be I'm, that's gonna be all me, yeah. Yeah. Sure, I, can, I can take that, yeah. Yeah, that does also imply that I'm the one to try and run you over one day. Yeah, that does also track. So, Which yeah. does also imply I've not done it already. Mm-hmm. Not, not attempted it before. Uh, anyway, so what happened to Baby Jane? Whatever happened to Baby Jane, yes. So we have reached the end of my little mini-series. It's had its ups and downs. Mini-series? And... It's taken about four months. Because I'd, we did it in between, you know, on one week on, one week off. So you didn't have to feel like you were constantly watching them, you know? Yeah, but... I was thinking of you. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we did Sunset Boulevard. And at that yeah. point, I didn't really have a series in mind. That was just a classic film I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, oh, I'd really like to do All About Eve. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, if we do All About Eve, I'd really, really like to do Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And then I was like, well, we better put for a bit of Mildred Pearson. The turn. Suddenly, what do you know? There's a series, you know, it just, it just <laughs> happened. And I felt that way. So, but here we are with Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. James um, Gale movies. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> what, so obviously the previous two you had some troubles with. You didn't mm-hmm. love either of them. Mm. Would you say you prefer, because you like Sunset Boulevard, I think that's clearly the one that you like the most, yeah? I mean, you're really making out like I love that movie, but I'll be honest, children, I was being a little polite, oh, okay, but, then it, but then it turned into a season and it was like, oh God, <laughs> I, can't, I'm, can't, I can't pull it through for four weeks, but Baby Jane's the best of the bunch. Oh good, okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought it might be. This yeah. is a very entertaining movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I kind of went into this just like, here we go. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't keep it up. No, good, good. You couldn't keep that cynical resentment going. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was like, actually, no. This this film is 
it's, it's quite fun. It really it does. Yeah, it gets there. It's it's a lot. Fun. I'm not sure if it if it takes a little bit to get going, but that might just be because I was prepared to not like it, and so sure. that was kind of eating into the first half hour of it. But then you know, eventually the film won me round, and mm. I just enjoyed it. Good, good. No, I would I would agree. I mean, this is one of my all time favorite movies, but I would not say it's a perfect film. I do yeah. think it's. It's definitely a little longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I think actually more so. It does take a while to get going. It's the opening credits happen at, in at like the fifteen minute mark, and we oh, don't actually. They're so long as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, that's the thing. In the old days, they put all the credits up front, and at the yeah. end, it'd just be like bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird way around to do it. <laughs> I guess it's to force people to look at them. Like, yeah. Now they don't care. Mm. But um, I guess that's why they have post credit scenes now to yeah. force people to read the credits. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not really, yeah. but you know, maybe it's a bonus. You know. I, mean, I wonder why. Yeah. Well, well the, the grip needs a bit of recognition as well. Filmmakers like the idea of Easter eggs, don't they? Like yes, something they do, for the yeah. true fans. And yeah. so obviously that's caught on and become not what it was. But it is, it's, it's about 15 minutes until we get a opening credit. Yeah. And 20 odd minutes until we actually see Betty Davis or Joan Crawford. Yeah. So yes, it takes its time. But I think more in the second half, it does repeat itself a little bit too much. There, yeah. are, there are things I would, I, I would trim a little bit towards the end but on the whole it's it's a hoot i mean it's it's such a good time and i mean talk about iconic performances for the ages like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely i mean mostly betty davis yeah let's be real. she really it's she knows what she's in yeah because joan crawford wasn't nominated for she was not well that's one of the so obviously one of the most famous things about this film is that oh, these two on, famous actors I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about that i have to i have to <laughs> It's so good because they, they famously did not get along. Yeah. They didn't like each other at all. And they, they feuded on set. You know, there's a whole mm-hmm. TV show about it. There's books written about it. About all the, Cause they're just very different and you can tell how they're different. I mean, I showed you a film by each other before. So you kind of had a sense of what they mm-hmm. were like when they were like at their peak, but they were just, to be, to be honest, John, you've already I, forgotten them. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know which one was in which film. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, surely while watching you remembered, uh, they look very much the same as they did apart from being older and, you know, Oh yeah, sure, but I mean, you didn't think you weren't. You can't tell me you were looking at no, no, Betsy no, Davis no. and going, was she in Mildred Pierce? Well, I just wasn't sure. Oh, which for one, which, God's which, sake! Which, which, which one was in which? To be honest, I'm, I'm trying to remember what All About Eve was about. I can't. It was the theatre one. Did you actually watch it? Yeah. You didn't just like Wikipedia it and try and wing it that no, way. No, no, I, 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 I watched all of them. I mean, I'll be honest. I watched Mildred Pierce at one point three times speed. Oh, God. But... <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. Um... <laughs> It's a long film. Oh, right, fine. And it wasn't so long when I watched it. Okay. Oh, God. Joan Crawford, she's quite chipmunk, isn't she? She's a bit jittery. Um, well, anyway. It was a brief 88 minutes. It was brilliant. Okay, fine. Well, whatever. They're, they're very, they were very different women and they didn't get on very well. And one of the, the best things about their feud was that after the movie comes out, Betty Davis gets nominated for Best Actress. Joan yes. Crawford gets no nominations at all. Mm-hmm. But then Joan Crawford went around and rang up all the other nominees who were also in Best Actress and said, so if you can't make it to the Oscars for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I will accept you. If you want, I'll, 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 as, a, as a friend, I'll, I'll accept the award on your behalf. And yep. a couple of them said yes because they were in plays at the time. And that included the woman who actually won, Anne Bancroft. So on that night that <laughs> Betty Davis lost her Oscar, which she was devastated by, mm-hmm. Joan Crawford actually got to go on stage and accept an Oscar. Which <laughs> so, is so petty. Wow. Like, it's amazing. But there's loads of stories and stuff like that. Like Joan Crawford was married to the CEO of Pepsi mm-hmm. at a certain point. And so Betty Davis installed a giant Coke machine on set. <laughs> just, <gave me> a trip. <laughs> just like brilliant. So incredible pettiness. And yeah. just but you can also see it in the film. I mean, obviously that's part of the fun is that, you know, 
or do they really hate each other as much as, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the reverse of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, hate chemistry. Yeah. But also you can just tell because Betty Davis in this film is just, she's the baby Jane, just mm-hmm. so to be clear. Okay. She's, she's just like <laughs> munch, munch, munching on the scenery. And mm. she did not give a shit about looking good. Like she's like, I would, I don't mind if I look apps. I want to look as hideous as possible. Like, yeah. you know, she looks an absolute state. She's got no vanity at all. She mm. just wants to like give a great performance and she does mm. whereas joan crawford is a lot more like you know she was wearing false boobs and she mm-hmm. you know didn't she still put on quite a lot of makeup and she you know she she wasn't really as able to like see the funny side yeah you know, she took herself a bit too seriously yeah but i think that works for the character actually i, mm. I think if they were both like at 11 or at 15 i would say mm-hmm. it would just be too shrill and over the top i, th- I actually really like the contrast between the two characters, I think it works really well and it really ramps up the tension. Whereas like mm. Joan Crawford as Blanche is like just this complete victim who's, you know, can't really do anything for herself. And Betty Davis is just going all out. She's just this drunk, sloppy mess. Like it's, it's great. It's so entertaining to watch. Like mm-hmm. it is just, it is absolutely one of the all time iconic, like drag Queens have built their in- entire careers and personalities around this film. Oh like, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sure. You'll get a lot, if nothing else from this season, I've given you a lot more context for jokes that probably went over your head in RuPaul. You mm-hmm. know? So there's that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's good. It's very entertaining all the way through. And just did the filmmakers know how camp this was when they were making oh, it? Oh, that's the other thing. It's, they definitely knew. This film knows what it's doing. There are moments, I think it works as like a pretty decent thriller. Like mm-hmm. you do have to suspend a little bit of disbelief here and there when you're like, I think she could have got away. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she definitely doesn't make the best attempt at leaving. No, but I think. It oh was, my god! Could she not just shout a little bit shout. through those bars on the window? Come on, what's wrong with you, woman? Yeah, no, she could have shouted. She could have gone to, like when she's on the stairs. I'm like, just go down on your bum. Yeah, just shuffle down. Yeah, you know? yeah just, so all just, that effort with the banisters. I'm like, just just get on your bum and shuffle. Like, well, she did the most pathetic throw of a scrumpled up piece oh, of yeah, paper at the worst timing in the world. Yeah. You, you, oh. ha, you do have to kind of give it a bit of suspension she, of disbelief. She, she deserved what she got. She d- it is hard to sympathize with her because she doesn't make the best attempt to escape. Yeah, no. she's pretty useless. But there are moments in this film where it absolutely knows what it's doing and it knows how camp it is. Like, mm-hmm. I think my my favorite of, I mean, there's so many, but one of my absolute favorite moments is when Betty Davis, baby Jane, is talking to Edwin, the piano player. Yeah. And he's asking about when they can start the tour and whatever. And mm-hmm. she says, oh, I just need to sort some family stuff out. That should take about a week, and she kind of looks like, <laughs> like she's, pla- she's thinking about how long it'll take her to die. It's just, it's yeah. so, it's so funny. It's, it's so, like darkly funny, like because she's just like tied up, starving to death upstairs the whole time. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it, this film definitely has like a dark sense of humor, mm. and just it's weird. Mm. I love a film that like goes to some weird places, and this film yeah. is not afraid to be weird. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. How much were you actually thinking of paying? Paying. Well, what do you think? H- how about a hundred dollars? A week, of course. Right. I think that would be fair. Then that's settled. I don't like talking about money, do you? No, it's not that important, is it? Not like relationships between people. But the thing is, if I'm going to move out and give up my pupils, I'll have to know for sure. When are you thinking of starting? Just when could you let me have some money? Well, I've got some family matters to take care of. That 
should take about a week or so. Well, then I don't see why we couldn't start rehearsing right away. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I would have been very disappointed had you just been like, oh, this was really boring. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I have seen this before, like years ago on one of your birthdays or something. Yes. I don't remember it at all. No, sure. Like none of it went in. That's fine. It was like four years ago. Mm. So, and we did a marathon. So there's, I don't think that you. Yeah. It was in the middle of like four or five films. Yeah. So, so I, I don't blame you for. Yeah. Did you not even remember like the horrifying dolls at the start? Because I remember that being. No, not really. I really remember that at the time people being, because I think I was the only person who'd seen it. People being like quite upset by the the scary dolls at the beginning. Like I think it really. The dolls that scary? You know, the, the baby Jane doll. It's creepy as fuck with the broken forehead. Yeah, a little bit, but because uh, that's that's for the credits isn't it yeah yeah yeah. it's yeah, just yeah. showing different images of this car crash mm-hmm. and uh the thing that really got to me was that they ran out of things to show images <laughs> of just the keep credits. cycling back so, yeah it just turned into a, a repeating slideshow yeah <laughs> which is kind of a metaphor for the movie in a little way yeah. like, they do repeat a lot of the same scares yeah yeah yeah. So. <laughs> yeah yeah right should we get down to a plot summary yeah do it. cool okay so Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, released Mm -hmm. in, I think, 1963. Uh, It was a huge, huge hit. Big, big hit at the time. Uh, Made a lot of money. It starred Bessie Davis and Joan Crawford, who had both been big movie stars in the 1930s and 1940s. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, they were in their 50s and 60s. They were kind of considered has-beens. They hadn't, neither neither one had had a hit Mm -hmm. in quite some time. So it was a huge comeback for them. And it was a big, big deal that these two former stars had come back to star in like a horror movie, which was considered very kind of lowbrow at the time as well. So it was very controversial, but it was a huge, huge success, made loads of money, got loads of Oscar nominations, also sparked its own little micro genre. Oh, yeah. So this film was so successful that inevitably it spawned a load of knockoff movies that got made. I was about to ask. Yeah, because yeah. you, you say that it was sort of first of its <clears throat> that it was first of its kind for two actresses of uh, this caliber to do a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So did that change things? Did yes, there were loads in the in the years afterwards. Immediately afterwards, there were loads of these movies. They they got their own name. They were called um, they were called hag horror, <laughs> <laughs> or or also called psycho biddy movies. Nice. All, yeah. They all starred like old actresses from like really respected actresses from like the thirties and the forties yeah. who came back who were now like older older and all were like suddenly either the vic- the victims or the villains in these crazy, really over-the-top horror movies. Mm. Some of my favorites, very subtle titles, include Whatever Happened to Aunt Alice? <laughs> <laughs> What's the Matter with Helen? <laughs> and my personal favorite, Whoever Slew Auntie Roo? <laughs> Brilliant. All 10 out of 10 movies. Mm. We will get to all of them. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Most of them are just like cheap knockoffs of this, but it really was like a thing for a second. It was like a real trend just to like dredge up an old faded star and just put them in a really trash, increasingly trashy. Mm-hmm. Like this is top of the tier, yeah, but yeah. they get a lot. That most of the ones are just pure trash. Right? Right. Yeah. Have you seen them all? I've seen a few of them. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. You think I'm not going to see a movie called Whoever Slew Auntie Boo? <laughs> <laughs> Straight on my Amazon Prime. <laughs> but yeah so it was a huge success stars betty davis and joan crawford as these two feuding sisters there is baby jane hudson and blanche hudson Mm -hmm. so the film opens in 1917 and baby jane in in this carnival of horrors this i can't really express enough how creepy this carnival is (laughs) like it opens with this like a crying child Mm -hmm. and this doll that also is crying Mm -hmm. and the carnival owner's like what are you so afraid of like i'm like i'm i want to cry at that that is terrifying (laughs) looking little thing 
like you know this creepy like 19 like punch and judy style wooden mm-hmm. doll as well but anyway it's like this old school like vaudeville performance and we meet baby jane hudson who's like this really creepy like preteen mm. like child star yeah singing this nightmarish song yep. called uh i've written a letter to daddy oh it's so awful <laughs> it's such and, and i was i was i was wondering when when this is happening i was like so what why is this kid a star i don't get this it's all, what, like yeah, it's the like, like, school. like what like was there nothing else on there was no tv it was 19 there was literally nothing else on it's 1917 there's no tvs there's people, barely cinemas people would go to any old yes. crap wouldn't they yes have you watched tv from before there were like a thousand channels it's not just like you know lack of tv and film back in 1917 or whatever like mm. is there nothing else to do other than go and watch this girl who cannot sing do an act i don't think so no and i was just really trying to work out like i've never heard a little girl make a sound like that <laughs> it's a horrible and, and horrible like, sound like, yeah. what on earth is going on and then i worked it out like halfway into the movie yeah. when betty davis starts singing and i'm like Oh, right. It's so Betty Davis can match her. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, basically, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not supposed to be that. It, it, I mean, a lot of her character is like, what is cute? I would argue if it's, yeah. I would argue if it's ever cute, but <laughs> what is cute at like an eight year old girl? Because it's very saccharine and like, you know, I love my daddy and he's dead, you know, mm. is obviously increasingly disturbing as you get to like a middle aged lady who doesn't mm-hmm. realize that that song is not appropriate for us to sing anymore. Like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a big part of it. So she's this child star in like the vaudeville circuit, you know, drawing in all the big crowds with a horrible voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and her dad is a classic, like pushy stage dad. Yeah. who's like obviously living his dreams through his little girl and stuff. And they always go on stage together. But she's also got this very plain sister called Blanche, mm-hmm. who's got a very severe fringe going on. Yeah. The fringe work <laughs> on that little girl was quite something. Yeah. And she's like the ignored sister. Mm. And it turns out that baby Jane is not only a terrible singer, she's also a complete brat and she has mm. a, just like a big tantrum after the performance and her dad's trying to calm her down mm-hmm. and he's like he gives her anything she wants because she's like the star and then the yeah. sister just says something really innocuous like oh, i don't feel like any ice cream thank mm-hmm. you and she just gets yelled at and mm-hmm. she, you can tell that they're both just vile to her yeah and her mum kind of says to her quietly like you know one day you're gonna be the big star like, mm-hmm. psychic mother like how yeah. did she know <laughs> what indications that this child was the star but she's like you know one day you're gonna get all the attention and you need to be kinder to your sister and your dad than they are to you mm-hmm. and she's like I won't forget. She's got like this face of like, <laughs> I will fuck you up for like face of fun. And she's like, yeah. I'll never forget. And, yeah. like, and then it cuts to like 15 years later mm-hmm. and mom's prediction has come true. Now Blanche Hudson is the biggest thing in Hollywood. She's a mm-hmm. huge, huge star. Yeah. And baby Jane is like this washed up alcoholic kind of has been mm-hmm. who can't act. Like she's also in movies. It seems like there's some kind of deal 
in the studio where you cast one, you've got to cast. You've the got other. to cast. You've got to cast them both. This seems like yeah. a very financially unsecure. Like, yeah. Unless Blanche is really bringing in the big books, this is a lot of sunk profit. But mm-hmm. yeah, they have to hire Baby Jane as the film roles too. Is that why Liam Hemsworth gets roles? Maybe it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely why. Uh, what's the other one called? Luke. Hemsworth? It's definitely why Luke Hemsworth gets roles. Yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so basically, she's like now basically dependent on her sister. Mm. Um, I also another example of Betty Davis like getting it and having yeah. a great sense of humor. At the beginning of this of this sequence, we we see these old films and we see the studios like going, "Oh my god, she's awful! She can't act! She's terrible! What is that mm. accent?" Like really laying into her. Those are actually like all Betty Davis movies, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they said to her like, "Are there any films from like early in your career that we can use just to show like you know that you think you might you might you were bad in so that we mm. can use to show like a younger you." Mm-hmm because they couldn't like digitally de-age her they had to just use footage right yeah and she was like I didn't use any of them I was crap when I was like she was just like she didn't care she was like yeah take any of them I was crapping this I was crapping this I was I had an awful accent in that one like she just she really went in on it and I loved that so, yeah yeah so we see this footage of her just being a bad actress and yeah. they're like whoa she stinks not like a sister yeah and then we cut to outside a mansion. The two sisters pull up outside the mansion late at night after a party. Mm-hmm. And we see one of the sisters get out. We don't see who it is. Obviously, it's strongly implied at this point to be Blanche. But spoiler alert, it's not. Mm-hmm. The other sister slams down on the accelerator, crashes into the gate. We hear a scream. There's a broken doll for some reason. <laughs> Just there, yeah. yeah. And uh, the credits belatedly roll. And it is whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yeah. It's, the, it's, a, it's a weird shop because you don't see anybody's faces which implies there's going to be some sort of a reveal here mm. well there is a reveal i mean it's a very a very famous reveal now but like well it's also a very obvious reveal when you're sure. when, when you're watching it i mean but, i would i would argue that it's not obvious because it makes no goddamn sense but <laughs> well yes there is that mm-hmm. but like there's a reveal and and you like there's going to be a reveal you don't know what it is as soon as the credits are over it's like oh so blanche is in a wheelchair baby jane must have been driving why do they reveal that immediately? Yeah. It's, it's like in the Simpsons movie where halfway through they say to be continued immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's that. So, like, when it got to the end and it was like the reveal was that it was the other way around. Mm. Um, I was like, oh, okay. I, yeah, I guess that was kind of obvious. Oh, but, but you didn't guess it, actually, then. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't guess it, but I was just like, huh? Yeah. Well, well it, it is confusing. Like just in terms of sheer logistics, like how did that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean we're jumping right to the end now, but I mean anyone who's seen this movie or knows this movie knows mm-hmm. that the twist at the end is that the whole movie makes you think that baby Jane ran over Blanche and that's why she's paralyzed, but actually what happened was that Blanche tried to run over baby Jane, mm-hmm. crashed her car, baby Jane jumped out of the way. Mm-hmm. Blanche crashed into the gate, yeah. severed her spine. Yeah. <laughs> crawled out of the car yeah. and got in jane ran away scared and was really drunk so she didn't really remember anything the next day and she was mm-hmm. really confused blanche then crawls out of the car with a broken spine mm-hmm. and then crawls to the front of the car and then i guess when the police arrive they're just like well this is pretty open and shot <laughs> like, <laughs> never like look at like well what's the wound point what's the exit wound mm-hmm. or you know or i don't know whatever you'd call it you know what's what's the positioning like or mm-hmm. how did the car crash it's just like yeah sure okay yeah I mean, we learned in Mildred Pierce, it's probably the same police force. They're pretty laissez-faire. It's like, well, that makes sense. We'll go with that. Yeah. We don't need evidence. That's fine. But yeah, it's convoluted, mm-hmm. but it is. it does give you the reveal at the end, of course. Yeah. So that's what matters. You know? So strange. It is a strange one. So anyway, we get that, the opening credits, and then we cut. And I love, that, I love this. So beforehand, we've had two time cards. It's like 1917 mm-hmm. and 1935. And this one just says, yesterday. 
<laughs> I loved how weird that was. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Because this movie doesn't take place over 24 hours and at it, all. Does it ever do a today? No, because the movie has... <laughs> that's the thing. The movie doesn't then... It definitely takes place over more than two days. So it's like, it's in 1917, it's in 1935, and then whenever you're watching it, yesterday. Them, yeah. So like... 2021. Yeah, so these women are now 150 years old. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and it's like, does that mean like the end of the movie occurs in the future? Because definitely more than two days pass in the course of the main part of the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very strange... I just love that, that that's what I mean about this film having a sense of humour. Yeah. Like, it's definitely got like a weird subversive sense of humour that sometimes crops up. Mm. Yeah. But putting in that sort of thing makes it almost feel like it's a sort of a deliberate bad movie or something. Which is not. It's not at all, no. It's a great movie. But I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's poking fun of its, itself a little bit. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that. Like, absolutely. So we're now in, well, essentially the 1960s, but mm. let's call it the present day, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Blanche, Joan Crawford's character, is now in a wheelchair and she's like reclusive. She's never, she never goes outside. She never sees anyone. And Jane is taking care of her. Mm-hmm. But Jane has uh, very much uh, gone to the dogs in, in the intervening years. <laughs> mm-hmm. She is not, yeah, she's still wearing the same dresses and wigs as she did when she was mm-hmm. eight years old. Essentially, she's drinking all the booze. I love the shot of her opening the fridge. It's like the shots from behind the fridge. It is just like bottles. Yeah. It's like, like so many bottles of booze, yes. like gin and scotch. And what was this about? Who especially her finishes a bottle of, of gin and scotch or whatever and puts it back, yeah. puts an empty bottle back. And not just like, you know, you've got one milk carton that you've put back in the fridge because you couldn't be asked. Yeah. It's all of them. It's like 30 glass bottles that are all empty and she's just hunting for one that's got a little bit of booze in it. What What's up with this? I can see that. I think that, I don't think she cleans. Yeah, so I don't... But, I don't think she even bathes. Yes, but she, she she has to go out of her way to go and put the bottle back after, she, after she's yeah, finished I guess. it. It's not like she's left them on the side. She's not just like hunting on the counter. Mm. They're away. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she just yeah. Maybe she just likes to keep the, the just for the dregs. You know, you know, never quite sure. You know, maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look too deeply into like the, the internal logic of this film. There's a lot of things <laughs> that don't quite make sense. But uh, yeah, so she's the kind of half-heartedly looking after her sister with the help of the maid Elvira. Mm-hmm. We found out that, yeah, Blanche never sees anyone, but Blanche's old movies are having a bit of a comeback because mm-hmm. now that everyone's got TVs in the 1950s and 60s, whatever it is, that all of her old movies are being shown on TV again. So she's yeah. kind of having people are rediscovering her and like wondering whatever happened to her. Mm-hmm. We see this from the neighbors. They've got they've got some neighbors next door and they're like, oh, right. the only one I ever see is the fat sister. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the neighbors go around with some flowers for Blanche and then jane like very heavily implies that blanche is just like a complete invalid and she's like oh no mm. my sister can't take visitors she's she's very unwell she's very frail and all stuff mm. and then we see upstairs that she's actually apart from being in a wheelchair she's pretty much fine like yeah. she's definitely all there mentally and mm-hmm. stuff yeah and we just over the course of the first like the next 20 minutes of the film we kind of learn that blanche is planning to sell the house they still live in this big mansion this big dark mansion mm. that looks a lot bigger from the inside than the outside for some reason but yeah, I, don't was, I don't know if that was just me mm. but yeah, Blanche is planning to sell the mansion and move in with Elvira, the maid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're discussing what they can do with Jane because clearly Jane has a lot of problems. Mm. She's very emotionally unstable. She Elvira reveals that she's been opening Blanche's mail and then throwing it away, like all the fan yeah. mail and stuff. And also she's like clearly drinking very heavily again. Mm. But Blanche kind of feels very guilty about Jane for reasons we discover later mm-hmm. and doesn't really want and is quite reluctant to kind of just accept that she can't look after her anymore and it's mm-hmm. like you know she she makes excuse, excuses for her at first 
We also learn that uh, a very important plot point for later is that Jane does a spot-on Blanche impersonation on the phone. Yes. Yeah. Which I loved how ludicrous this was when it's clearly Joan Crawford's voice. <laughs> it's just, it's not Betty Davis doing a good Joan Crawford impression. Mm. It's just like voiceover. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but I love it. <laughs> I was wondering. Hello, this is Johnson's. I want to order some liquors. Jane Hudson. What do you mean you can't fill any more orders for me? My sister did. Well, wait a minute. I'll, I'll put her on. Blanche, would you speak to this man from Johnson's? Hello. Who is this, please? Oh, yes, Mr. Carson. Yes, this is Blanche Hudson. What seems to be the trouble? <laughs> I'm afraid there's been some misunderstanding. I certainly didn't mean to suggest that you shouldn't fill any orders for her. <laughs> After all, we, we do pay our bills, don't we? Yes, fine. Would you please? I'll put her on. Okay, then. Good. Yeah, I'd like to order six bottles of scotch and three bottles of gin. Yeah, the same brands. And as soon as possible. And yeah, so after we've established this, we then see, like, later that night, we see Jane sitting up, like, drunk, and she starts hearing the old I've written a letter to Daddy song from the doll that she's got. Like, the whole house is, like, a monument to her. It's very, like, Sunset Boulevard in that way, mm, where it's full of, yeah. like, posters and dolls and she's totally like trapped in her past when she was she was the most famous one mm-hmm. yeah she hears the song she starts sing she starts singing it she does a little dance and then she kind of sees her wizened ancient crone face in the mirror and has mm. this horrible realization and like screams <laughs> and then we we learn that blanche has like a buzzer that she uses to kind of bring jane back when jane's yeah. like spinning out she uses the buzzer which really winds jane up but it does pull her out of like her mm-hmm. psychotic break moment mm. so like that's clearly what Blanche is doing when she, she can hear the singing and the screaming and stuff. So mm-hmm. she's obviously very concerned. And Blanche kind of tries to talk to Jane about potentially selling the house, but Jane's like having none of it. And that really then starts Jane off to on like a cycle of torture, basically. So she yeah. steals Blanche's canary and then feeds it to her. And like she puts mm-hmm. it in her, din- in her dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else does she do? Well, she's then pretty horrible about the fact that Blanche didn't eat her din-dins last night. Yeah, well, that's it. She starts kind of starving her. Yeah, well, well yeah. So, f- so first of all, she like kills her pet canary mm. and puts it on a plate of food that she then serves to her. Yeah. So then she's scared to eat any of the food. Yeah. And then, the so, next... then so then that evening she gives her like some meat or whatever. Mm. And yeah, Blanche is just too scared to eat it. So that, so the day after that, when Blanche is like, I'm hungry. Like I, like, I don't, I don't trust your food. Why are you so mean to me? That sort of thing. Yeah. And then Jane's like, no, nah, this is good meat. And she just eats a bit of it, but yeah. then takes it away. Yeah. You didn't eat your din-dins. Yeah. <laughs> That's the line. Yeah, she's just like psychologically torturing her, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one, she comes in, says like, oh, we've got a rat problem in the basement, by the way. Yeah. Puts down a plate of food, and then predictably, there's a dead rat on the plate of food. Yeah. Now, yeah. why did Blanche, when she sees the dead rat, why did she then push it off the table? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a bad choice. I would but... have just been like... Whoop. No, yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, th- I guess that she just had she panicked. Had, she, yeah. she, she had enough. She's done that. But like, oh, I wouldn't push it off the table like that because then there's just gonna be a dead rat that's like on the floor, not in a sealed container. Exactly. Anymore. Yeah. Just 
Yeah, rotting away, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, and it, so she's psychologically torturing her and kind of and pretty much starving her as well. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, Blanche tries to get help. Well, she makes her first attempt to go down the stairs. She kind of mm-hmm. goes to the banister and then she kind of looks at it and she kind of goes, no, I can't do it. Because there's a... There's a phone downstairs, and Jane has taken away the phone from Blanche's bedroom. That's it, because you're, yes, that's it, because Jane an learns phone and a downstairs phone. Yeah, Jane learns from opening Blanche's mail mm. that Blanche has been on the phone to this doctor to try and like, and also a real estate agent to try and sort out yeah. selling the house. So Jane stops all that by unplugging the upstairs phone. So there's only mm-hmm. the downstairs phone now. So then Blanche tries to go downstairs, but she realizes that she can't because obviously she doesn't have legs. Her, she, she can't use her legs and apparently she can't just shuffle or roll. I don't know, but, <laughs> but whatever she decides she can't face it. So instead she makes the most pathetic, useless attempt at getting the attention of the neighbor you will ever see. She writes a note, like, you know, <laughs> a very incriminating note as yeah. well. Like it could have been so much less incriminating. Like yeah. don't tell my sister. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she kind of flings out the window. Um, and so bad, so bad. Like you say, she could have just shouted, but she does not. Yeah. And she, like, and, she could have made a paper aeroplane. She could have made that. That would have been quite funny if she made a paper aeroplane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought she was going to do. Yeah, I mean, it would have travelled further. So yeah. Sure, yeah. And like, she throws it out just as Jane comes home. Yeah. Which is, like, it's so unfortunate, but like, mm. you should have just waited for the right moment. Like, because next door neighbour, she's always out tending a flower. All she bed. ever does is like, tend those flowers, yeah. Yeah, so like, you could throw it at any time you don't mm. need to wait until your sister is just arriving home it did feel a bit to me like time moves differently inside the house than outside the house oh yeah because it feels like there's all these scenes when jane like goes out into town to do some shopping and to do some errands and stuff mm. and in all that time blanche can't even get down a flight of stairs and yes she's having to go very slowly because she's mm-hmm. disabled yeah but like it still feels like every time she does it like obviously it's for movie tension yeah it's always when jane just comes back mm. like Surely in the space of like an hour, an hour mm-hmm. and a half, whatever long it takes to nip into town and back, you know, yep. you'd think you'd get a little bit more done. But this yeah. woman is not really half-hearted attempts at saving herself at best, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So definitely a bit of Stockholm Syndrome happening here. Yeah. Anyway, so she makes this attempt. It doesn't work. Jane sees the letter, picks it up, reads it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then they have their, probably their most famous confrontation where Blanche really tries to like talk some sense into Jane and is like, look... She mentions the accidents from like 25, 30 years ago, whatever. And, and mm-hmm. Jane's like, you promised we'd never mention that again. And Blanche says, look, you, ha- you have to just face the fact that you you couldn't do these things to me if I wasn't stuck in this chair. Yeah. And then we get the iconic line. It's it's more the face, I think, than the line. It's so good when, when kind of Jane looks out the window and then it, she just does that face, like the smirk. And she's like, but you are in that chair. You are in that chair, Blanche. Great. <laughs> Jane. Jane, do you remember when I first came back after the accident? You promised you wouldn't ever talk about that again. I know I did. But I'm still in this chair. After all those years, I'm still in this chair. Doesn't that give you some kind of responsibility? Jane, I'm just trying to explain to you how things really are. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I weren't still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. And tell me, what are these awful things I'm supposed to be doing to you? Yeah, so this doesn't go well. It ends in yet another big confrontation. 
and then Jane just really steps it up. She she gives Elvira the week off, which um, if I was Elvira, I'd, I'd be suspicious of this. But she's like, hey, week <laughs> off, fine. Screw these white people. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess fair enough. Oh, because Jane is also has this delusional idea that she's going to have a comeback. And she's yeah, going to like relaunch yeah. her old vaudeville show from when she was like literally from literally like 50 years ago from when she was eight years old. Mm-hmm. So she puts an ad in the paper for a pianist to accompany her on these gigs she's planning to get back into somehow. Mm-hmm. And I loved the utter cringe of all these sequences. It happens multiple times in the movie when, she, when she's like, maybe you remember me. I'm baby Jane Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just like, sure. Yeah. And then they just like sideways look at like, who the fuck is like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, it makes me wonder how big of a star actually was she. Like, I get it that she was a, like in this. She was a star fifty years ago. So yeah, yeah, sure, everyone forgets. Yeah. But even then, how big was she? Because it didn't look like she was selling out her own show. <laughs> she was part of a variety show. She was part of a variety. Yeah, I think in her own mind, she's she had some branding. Like they were selling dolls for like yeah, no, I... three dollars fifty, which think... is a, which is a decent that's a decent bit of money yeah. there. No, I think we're supposed to understand that she was a big star as a child, but it has been a long time. Yeah, and a lot of these people weren't even born. You know? Yeah, so they obviously they don't know who she is. But like she's mm. so delusional and like yeah. So I, lo- I loved all of that. I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So she puts an ad in for a piano player. And she attracts the attentions of a, a man named Edwin Flagg, mm-hmm. who, uh, yeah, who was a very strange character in his own right. <laughs> he is, yeah. It <laughs> was a strange relationship with his very cockney mother. I loved his mother. Yeah. <laughs> what was her deal? It just felt like this part was like its own film. Yeah, <laughs> like somehow yeah, it had been dropped in. Like. <laughs> I want to see more of these two characters. Yes, but not necessarily in this film. No. I think if I have one critique of this film, I would have maybe had less of Edwin mm-hmm. and maybe given more of his stuff to Elvira, it would have made a bit more sense. Right. Because yeah. Elvira just kind of, that's the maid. Elvira just kind of disappears mm. for a long stretch of the movie. Yeah. And they do repeat it a bit at the end when like, when first she finds baby Jay, mm-hmm. sorry, when she finds Blanche in the bed tied up and then Edwin finds Blanche in the bed tied up. Well, I, like... I, I kind of liked it because it was like, Blanche has got so many different options to mm. get out. Yeah, so many opportunities. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not just opportunities. It's like, there's so many different people's attention that she could get. Like there's the next door neighbor, mm. there's Elvira, there's, Edwin, like, there's, sure, yeah. like there's a there's a few people. Maybe even her sister could, you know, turn it around. She also calls a doctor at one point. Yeah, like there's so many different avenues, and each one of them keeps just getting kind of closed Snatched off. away to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh yeah, it's like which one's which one's gonna come through? Is it this? No, it's not. No, Jane's got in the way. Is it this one? No, mm. Jane's got that one too. And uh yeah, then eventually one of them does. Yeah, no, that's fair. It I, I, it does ramp up the tension very well, but uh, yeah. <laughs> The Edwin character is definitely a bit of an oddball. So he comes to the house and again, they're practicing the song. And obviously Blanche is stuck upstairs. Mm-hmm. And again, they're going through the whole written a letter to daddy routine, mm-hmm. uh, which appears to be her only number. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's all she does. Mm-hmm. She just loves that song. Yeah. And it, 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 I think it makes it even kind of better that he's also a bit of a weirdo. Like, mm-hmm. cause it just like, it makes it even more kind of sad that her life has come to th- like this. Mm-hmm. Like even he's like, well, who is this weirdo? Like, yeah. He gives great faces. He does give, he gives the best, like, yeah, some of the best reaction faces to her mm. insane ramblings. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So she kind of pays, I think he, he obviously just is trying to squeeze as much money out of her as possible. He, he mm-hmm. twigs very quickly that she's rich and clearly clueless. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, he, he's trying to squeeze a bit of cash out of her. I think she offers him a hundred pound a week or something to mm. be her piano player, which at the time would be a lot of money. I feel like yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I, tra- I translated it, uh, tr- yeah, 
converted it. Converted it, it for, and yeah. uh, I think it was like over two thousand dollars. That's yeah, that's a week. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's clearly got a bit of a grift. Yeah. But yeah, so she's planning her comeback. Um, so while she's planning all of this, Blanche is being starved to death upstairs and being. Mm. I think Jane slaps her around at one point because she tries to. She asks if she can meet Edwin, and Jane's like, "No, you'll steal him from me." And she like yeah. slaps her. So it's get the the abuse is getting worse and worse and worse. Mm. So one time while Jane's out, Blanche finally does manage to ever so slowly <laughs> get down those stairs, mm-hmm. and she calls the doctor up, and she like begs the doctor to come over right away and examine Jane and try and like fix things. Mm. This doctor needs to be struck off. <laughs> this doctor did not follow through on his Hippocratic oath at all. No. So yeah, a clearly distressed woman, very clearly distressed, like sobbing woman who's like half starved half mad you know mm-hmm. calls up and says you know you need to come around and help me please and then she, in obvious terror she hangs up the phone mm-hmm. <laughs> then five minutes later she phones well she phones back and says <laughs> oh i changed my mind everything's fine don't yeah. bother in like a perfect voice and then and in a perfect voice and then it's like okay fine i'm yeah. i guess I'm, I'm off to bed then yeah <laughs> and then it just this doctor never again attempts to come round. Mm-hmm. that's just it this is Blanche Hudson again. Could I speak to the doctor? Oh, yes, certainly. Hold on, please. I'll try and catch him. Dr. Shelby. Hello, Blanche. I'm on my way now. Oh, I'm so glad I caught you in time. Dr. Shelby, we're not going to need you after all. I know. But Jane has gone to another doctor. Another doctor? Yes, another doctor. Well, of course, if she's chosen to go to someone else. <laughs> well, after all, we, we really can't interfere, can we, if, if Jane's chosen to go to another doctor? I'm very sorry. Goodbye, doctor. So yeah, uh, Jane interrupts Blanche on the phone, overhears her, you know, desperately begging for help, mm. makes her hang up the phone and then just really violently beats her up. Like just is kicking her and kicking her and kicking mm-hmm. her and then takes her back upstairs and now like fully ties her up. So now she's completely imprisoned and trapped even yeah. more so than before. Uh, and then yes, phones the doctor and like heads him off at the pass. Mm. And then like a few days, maybe later, around this time anyway, uh, Elvira comes back in. Jane fires her, says, you don't, we don't need you anymore, and just fires her. But that, mm-hmm. this Elvira clearly finds suspicious. So she yeah. waits till Jane leaves, and then she uses her spare key to get back into the house, and she mm-hmm. comes upstairs, and she realizes that Jane has locked Blanche in mm-hmm. in the bedroom. And then when Jane returns, she forces Jane to open the door and mm-hmm. let, and so she and release Blanche. But, she, yeah. but before she can get that far, because she... Again, incredibly stupid. Just oh, so bad. Never turn your back on a crazy person. Especially when you've just like... So she was using a hammer and chisel. Yeah, she was trying to door. get into... She was trying to hammer open the door before Jane got back with um, hammering out the hinge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like when she's there confronting Jane, like what's going on here? She's holding a hammer in her hand and that's mm. great. And then she puts the hammer down on the sideboard and I'm like, no, the hammer is great for like looking threatening you don't yeah. need to do anything with it and yeah. if anybody asks it's innocent you were just doing some hammering because yeah, you literally yeah. were yeah. like you're not about to use it as a weapon mm. like you look really threatening right now it's great you'll get what you want don't put the hammer down because you won't and you know what will happen yeah don't put the exactly hammer down exactly what happens don't put the hammer down and then turn your back on the crazy lady oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and then ignore the other crazy lady who's like mm, mm, mm. yeah and she's just like it's fine i don't need to turn around yeah. like 
yeah, this was this was dumb. But uh, yeah, poor Elvira does get a a hammer to the head from mm-hmm. from Jane, uh, which must be an incredibly gory way to die. Mm. I, I couldn't help because they didn't share it. Obviously, it's no. all just you, you just see Blanche's reaction. Was like, oh, that must be very painful and also not pleasant to look at. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Elvira's now been killed, mm-hmm. and at this point, Jane is just like completely off the as gone off the deep end like she's fully regressed to like this childlike state like she's in complete denial about everything i think a few days later she gets a phone call like blanche is still tied up upstairs slowly starving to death a little while later jane gets a phone call from the police who say that elvira has been reported missing by her family and they're gonna come around and like investigate so now she knows that the net is tightening on her and it's she's gonna be in a lot of trouble and then i think that night uh, i think they i think they hide she hides elvira's body somewhere i forget where but that night, we, we get another bizarre Edwin scene, which again, I don't, it's just an exposition dump to like remind you of all the things that's happened so far. Mm-hmm. It's like, so you know, I heard about her. She <laughs> ran her own sister over. And like, just, <laughs> just in case you forgot, this is what we're about. This is the plot that we set up two hours ago. Mm-hmm. We're about to explain it. Here it is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This this whole sequence. I mean, I did enjoy it because it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I loved that bit when he's she's like, and the sister was found in a in a bedroom drunk with a strange man. And then he's like, well, why is that so weird to you? Isn't that how I was conceived? And she's like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's really funny. It just feels like it's from a completely different movie. Yeah, it does. You're the fine woman you've chosen to run around with turns out to be broke. And a murderer as well. I see. Well, it's true. All right, then, if it's true, I'll ask her about it when I see her again. How's that? You wouldn't see a woman like that again. Why not? You just told me she's got a rich sister. You haven't heard the worst of it yet. You mean there's more? Yes, there is. After she'd run down her own sister, your precious Jane Hudson ran off and left her there to die like some poor animal. She ran off and disappeared for three whole days. Oh, what happened then? Don't tell me they couldn't find her. Oh, they found her all right. They found her all right. They found her in in some hotel room with a man that she'd never even seen before. Well, why should that upset you? Isn't that how I was conceived? But anyway, Edwin then, it's established that as well as being a grifter, he's like a complete, he's a bit of a drunk. Mm. And he turns up at Jane and Blanche's mansion late at night, steaming drunk. Mm-hmm. It kind of lets him, oh, the police, the police arrest him outside the house, don't they? They, they kind of bring him to the door and like leave him with Jane. Mm. Again, the, I guess these are different places to the ones that are like figuring out where Elvira is because they don't really <laughs> mention that at all. It's a bit weird, but yeah. Yeah, so then Edwin also discovers Blanche. There's a whole sequence when he's like drunk in the living room and baby Jane gives him a, a baby Jane doll and then he mm-hmm. decides to get in a wheelchair and spin around just <laughs> just so he can get that shot that's going to freak Jane out of like the yeah. wheelchair going around with the doll. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's very unusual. <laughs> but yeah, ultimately Edwin hears a crash. I think Blanche uses the last of her powers to like knock over a bedside table, knock over a bedside yeah. table or a lamp or something. So he runs upstairs and finds this like emaciated dying woman strung up on a tape on a mm-hmm. on, on the bed just leaves her yeah yeah just leaves her doesn't try and save her just runs out like even says oh my god she's dying yeah and just like runs off into the night like you are a large man <laughs> you could easily overpower as long her. as you don't literally put a hammer in her hand and then turn your back yeah you probably got this but no yeah. he is a coward and a scumbag and he leaves the poor woman mm-hmm. he just runs out into the night to try and like disassociate himself from the whole experience i think mm-hmm. uh but obviously this is now Jane is now in a full panic and she realizes that the police are sure, sure to come anytime soon. Yeah. So she unties Blanche and drives them both down to the seaside to the beach. Mm-hmm. She's in a state of complete delirium now. And she's like, 
remembering all the happiest times in her life when she was mm. on the beach. I guess that's where she used to do her shows. She she takes Blanche, who's like fully dying at this point, yep. to the beach. She lies her out there. And again, at this point, we hear on the radio, there's a full manhunt for the two of them. Like the the body of Elvira has been found. Mm-hmm. Blanche has been reported missing. Mm-hmm. They're on a crowded beach. Yep. A clearly ill older lady is just splayed out in a dress, in a, in a <laughs> nightgown. The, you can see people in the shot, like yeah. just, who are just like there, but not, nobody like is questioning it. It's no, so bizarre. It's, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, so the two sisters are sat there. And Blanche is dying, essentially. Mm. And she, so she kind of whispers to Jane. She's like, before I die, I need to tell you that, I need to tell you that this wasn't your fault. Mm. And actually it was my fault. And then this is when she reveals that back at the beginning of the movie, when the car accident happened, what really happened is that she had been so upset by the fact that Jane was always so cruel to her. And Mm -hmm. Jane had been drunk and cruel to her at this party. And she just saw red and she tried to run her down. Mm. And obviously, yeah, Jane got out of the way. Blanche hit the gate. She snapped her spine. She jumped out the car somehow and crawled. We, we've been over this. And then Jane, because she was really drunk and terrified, obviously, she went missing for a few days and then she was found in a hotel room somewhere with some strange men. And yeah. when the police found her, she had she'd blacked out and didn't remember anything about the night. So she mm. really believed for all these years that she had paralyzed her sister, basically, mm. which had caused obviously all this this very strange relationship that they have. Mm. Um, yeah, and then. Jane like hears it and she takes it in and she kind of says, so all these time we could have been friends. And uh, she goes off. She's still completely doolally. She goes off to get an ice cream for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess she's kind of made up with her and um, she steals the ice creams. <laughs> she does, doesn't <laughs> she? Like, yeah. It's like, hey, that's 40 cents. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and then the police, finally, <laughs> the police finally spot her and then the whole, the whole crowd. And it gets a bit Sunset Boulevard. It's kind of a yeah. similar ending where like all the crowd like looking at her and she kind of goes she retreats into the fantasy and she just starts like d- doing her old dance and spinning mm. around like she's a child. And then the film kind of pans out over the beach and you see them find Blanche's body dead or alive. We don't know. It's yeah. a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. uh, but running towards her. And then the film ends. Yeah. And, uh, that's baby Jane. Whatever yeah. happened to baby Jane. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good little thriller. I like it a lot. It is. Yeah. 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 But that's it. We're done. No more. We're done with old films. Stop it. Okay. No more old films. It's not happening. Okay. No, no, it's fine. We're done. We're done. <sighs> Putting a pact then. Okay. As I say, old films are shit. Okay. But you liked this one. <sighs> okay. <laughs> fine. No. You wore me down. I did wear you down, but it's fine. No, I'm done now. No, nothing pre... Nothing black... In, I, I don't think I've got any more black and whites in me for a while, so... Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> uh, very good. Do you want to do drinking games? Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. Right, so the first I've got is... Uh, well, it's only happened twice near the start, so maybe it's not a good one. Drink for an advert. Oh, yes. That's another thing where I think this movie kind of has a self-aware quality because the adverts are really weird. Yeah. <laughs> there's one for dog food, isn't there? Something, yeah. There's yeah. There's, there's one that interrupts a film on TV. Yeah, it's, it interrupts a, a, a Blanche Hudson film, yeah. Yeah. And then the the, the daughter of the neighbour is like, oh, shut up. But I love it because it's so specific. Like, mm. the guy in the advert just, you know, as soon as he comes on, he's like... <sighs> Isn't she great? Yeah. It's like, what, was this advert made to be in the Oh, no, film? that's what they used to do. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's weird. It's yeah. Because you just don't get that now. No. Well, it's it was because the it wouldn't be a pre-recorded advert. You would have films and TV shows, I guess, but mostly mm. films on these TV channels back then. And you would have like a TV presenter who would just, whose job would just be to sit there while the film was on. And then in the ad breaks, just advertise shit. Wait, sorry. They do that live? Yeah. That's a live advertise shit. Yeah. Why? Because they 
pre-recorded adverts didn't exist. It wasn't a thing until about a decade no, later. Had nobody thought of it? I guess not. No, pre-recording an ad. Like, like it doesn't need to be a fully produced thing. No. Just be the same thing. But I don't know. That just came in a few years later. It, it was definitely a thing for a while. Weird. Yeah, I know, right? Why don't, why, why don't you just pre-record things? That's like, it was a different time. Is it so difficult? I guess, yeah. Weird. Okay. You learned another thing there. Yeah. Yeah, great. Isn't she great? Sorry to break in on this fine old Blanche Hudson movie, folks, but you'll be glad I did when you see what I have right here for that favorite pooch of yours. And Iliad means quality. So when your dog says, woof, woof, feed him Iliad, the oh, classic dog food. And then the other one is uh, kind of like within Baby Jane's opening show. It's like, hey, you can now I have my very own Baby Jane doll. I'd be a genuine Baby Jane Hudson, just, life-size doll. Just $3.50 from the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, creepy, creepy doll. Yeah. Well, one of my first... Drink- dolls. Yeah. My, one, one of my first drinking games is drink for that creepy, creepy doll. Because mm-hmm. it does it does show up a lot. Yeah. Obviously, it, the scene where it sings to Jane is the scariest part by far. <laughs> that is... Yeah terrifying but yeah. uh, i've got drink for that goddamn buzzer drink for the buzzer yeah you can really see how that drives jane ever, ever more insane it's not a nice noise it's a horrible noise mm. and yeah blanche does abuse it like yeah like they are I mean, she's just like press it lightly like once or twice no she just keeps she just press. holds it down like yeah yeah there's definitely a weird two-way even though obviously blanche is very much the victim in this film for mm-hmm. most of it there's definitely a bit of like two-way abuse going on there and like the, mm-hmm. that buzzer is definitely used as a bit of a weapon for sure because it's so loud and it's yeah. just, and it's so cutting and whenever blanche like she's whenever she's pressing it she's always like oh i was just wondering who was at the door yeah that's it she it's she's like, a bit of a phony in that way sure. yeah she's definitely a bit passive aggressive with that buzzer yeah. yeah all right blanche miss big fat movie star <laughs> <laughs> Drink for a dramatic musical sting. Okay, well, I've also got drink for a dramatic zoom in. Okay, but they both go together. Like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that. The, the soundtrack is very active in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, drink every time Jane thinks people remember her. Sure. It happens a lot. It's the same I've got here. Drink whenever someone doesn't know baby Jane. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there are absolutely loads of them. And uh, my last one is drink for an impression. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, Jane does a fabulous Blanche. Are there yeah. any other ones? Oh, I think it's just that. But she, she does, does it. A, she does it several a few times. times yeah. yeah. Drink every time Joan Crawford's voice is put over the top of Betty Davis acting. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. I had drink for a face of thunder. Yeah. That, like you get the you get the young Blanche has loads in them at the start when she's just like I'm gonna grow up and make this woman's life miserable. Yeah. Um, Jane does some very good face of thunder. Elvira does some fantastic face of thunder. Mm-hmm. Elvira does some real like, yeah, I'm not taking this shit face until yeah. she gets hammered to death. But, yeah, <laughs> it's a good time. Drink for Letter to Daddy. Mm-hmm. That song does recur oh God, yeah. several times. Yeah. It just gets creepier and creepier every every time it yeah. gets wheeled out. Drink every time Blanche makes a weak-ass escape t- attempt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drink for Stairs. 
There's a lot of action on those stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved the way Betty Davis, just the physicality of her performance, the way she just kind of schlumped up the stairs. Like, yeah. That real, like, drunken shuffle, just like, oh, that hungover <laughs> shuffle, just like, you know, it's really, really tickled me. Mm-hmm. With her little, like, fuzzy shoes. Did you notice she's wearing these little fuzzy slippers as well? No, I didn't. Like, just, oh, it just looks so great. I love how it looks like, I'm going to bang on so much about, like, how much I love her and the way she is in this film, but I love how it's, you can really tell, like, I feel like she, her character, never washes or takes the makeup off. I feel like mm. she just like puts more on over the top every day. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's really horrifying, but in the funniest <laughs> way. Like. Uh, okay, so there's that. Drink for booze, obviously. Yes. And finally, drink every time you're confused by what time of day it is. <laughs> Did you pick up on this? Uh, not really, no. So there's so many scenes where I was like, oh, this must be happening in like the dead of night. Mm. Like the bit when Jane has the fantasy about being young again and then she looks in the mirror and she screams and mm. all that. And I'm like, oh, that must be, that's like middle of the night. She's like hammered. Like mm-hmm. she's, it's like yeah. midnight. She's been drinking all evening and she's now in that morose drunk state. And yeah. She's, yeah. But then she just goes upstairs to Blanche, to, to Blanche and she's like, oh, here's your dinner. Yeah. And it's like, oh, is it noon? Because <laughs> <What was laughs> it? it always looks super dark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it makes it really difficult to kind of get a sense of how much time is passing. But I think that's intentional because it's like the movie is supposed to be about them being trapped in this weird, mm. you know, uh, timeless Mm-hmm. eternal feud yeah. kind of thing but it's interesting like because i you i would have assumed that every scene happens in the middle of the night just because it's such a dark house but yeah yeah that's all i got very good so listeners if you've enjoyed those drinking games and you would like to hear a few more a few more ideas that we've had then you can subscribe to us on patreon.com slash beyond the box set and find an extended version of our episodes also while you're there you can get a bonus show called beyond beyond the box set where we review recent releases and also you can get a 30 second advert slot on this main show. You can talk about your own podcast, your own business, whatever you feel like chatting about. So all that's available at patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Alright then, so, do you want to go first? It's up to you, do you want me to go first? I feel like I always go first. Okay, I'll go first. So, my sequel this week is actually more of a mid-qual. Okay. I, and this is, I'm surprised nobody's made this film because there's been, obviously this, this film gets kind of referenced a lot. Obviously they made that TV show Feud a couple of years ago. that was very popular. Mm. I don't know why they've never really like remade it mm. in any particular way. Like th- there was a TV remake in the nineties starring Vanessa and Lynn Redgrave, but like, it feels, it feels like they, they could totally remake this. Like, but I don't want to do like a straight remake because that's boring. But I thought what well, another thing you could do is to go back and explore that kind of middle period of the film kind of skips over. So basically the period from when baby Jane is the star until when Blanche becomes the star and right, obviously yeah. the accident and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm thinking it can 
just be about how Jane and Blanche end up in Hollywood and how Blanche becomes a bigger star than Jane and uh, oh, yeah. things end the way they are. So it could start when baby Jane is like in her teens. Maybe she's like 14, 15. And she, maybe she's still doing the baby Jane Hudson thing, but it's just, yeah. it's not cute anymore. It's, it's getting creepy. You know, she's yep. she's too already she's already a bit too old and a bit too womanly to be doing these kind of like, you know, mm. I've written a letter to dad. Like she's not really evolved the act, mm-hmm. but the dad isn't letting her. And maybe she wants to, mm. but her dad isn't letting her. He's, he's so stuck in his ways. He's not letting her, you know, try different material or like act her age. She's, she's eternally just this like little eight year old cherub to him. And that causes yeah. a lot of, a lot of problems. Cause it didn't seem like he was a particularly good father or manager. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So the act is starting to dry up and the family, they fall on hard times. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that, cause there's a lot of contention in the original movie about who bought the house where, and you can never tell oh, yeah, who's yeah. lying and who's telling the truth, which I really like Yeah, where Blanche claims that she bought the house and Jane's like, you think I don't remember anything. Do you? I know that daddy bought this house. <laughs> So I'm thinking that maybe, you know, you asked earlier how big was baby Jane. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that she was a big star mm-hmm. and that her dad did buy that house sure. with baby Jane money. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now as the act kind of isn't, is falls out of fashion a little bit and isn't, she's not really raking in the crowds anymore. Mm-hmm. The family kind of falls on hard times and they're struggling to keep up the payments on the house. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help that the father is a very bad manager and he's also increasingly like an alcoholic. Like he's, He's drinking much more heavily and he's just not able to, you know, he's not help. He's, he's, he's more of a liability now. He's not able to keep the the payments up or to keep them in good employment. So in order to bring in some much needed money, Blanche also starts taking some acting jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it turns out, you know, as the kind of the movie indicates that she's got a lot more kind of natural talent than Jane does as an actress, Mm -hmm. even though she's not as she's, she's more plain at this point. She's not as considered to be as like as pretty or, or, star quality ish uh but she's actually a much more talented actress much more naturally talented and she starts attracting attention from like movie studios and we could have like a whole scene where she gets like a hollywood makeover where like mm-hmm. she can start like doing bit parts and then someone notices her and maybe there's like a friendly gay in the studio who's just mm-hmm. like oh let me let me give you a, ma- a makeover and then like transforms her like cuts that cuts those bangs finally cuts wow, that fringe yeah, yeah. and you know gets her some really fashionable clothes and transforms her into like from like the ugly duckling into like a movie star yeah and then suddenly she's she's the successful sister. She's getting all this movie work and she's mm-hmm. the, the, the flavor of the month and all this kind of stuff. And it happens very quickly for her. Mm-hmm. And suddenly she's bringing in enough cash to save them, to save the family from losing the home. So it turns out that they're kind of both telling the truth in that, in that argument about who owns the house. Mm-hmm. It was baby Jane money that bought the house, but it was Blanche Hudson money that saved the house. Got it. So it kind of yeah. keeps the... It keeps the balance about even where they're both. Yeah. Neither one's completely wrong, but mm-hmm. they're both not quite being truthful about what is really happening. Yeah. So yeah, so she, she's making enough money from her acting now that she saves the family home from being sold. Mm-hmm. But Jane and their father don't give her any gratitude whatsoever. They still really resent her because for some reason the dad just always favors baby Jane. Like she's like the apple of his eye, and she, she he just doesn't have that same affection for Blanche at all, and you mm-hmm. can't see that she's also you know in need of some parental love and they kind of resent her for because they think that she's stealing Jane's spotlight and they don't realize that if she wasn't helping the family out that they would be like homeless Mm. all they see is that she's stealing Jane's spotlight and then they they just resent her and they treat her horribly about it they don't give her any gratitude whatsoever Mm -hmm. and the father because they're both still like under under 18 they're both both still teenagers at this point the father becomes their manager but he's a bit of like a Britney Spears dad kind of manager like he's he's uh, cashing in very much yeah so he's negotiating contracts for Blanche and obviously no, no, there's no studios interested in baby Jane, 
But like Baby Jane's still like a name. Let's mm-hmm. say that she's still like people would recognize her because you know this is a, this, this is only like a few years after she was the biggest child star. Now she's she sure. might be washed up, but she's not like it's not like it's been fifty years and she's just literally people don't weren't born when she was a star. So like yeah. she's still a, a she's still a name, but she's not anyone anyone's excited about. Mm-hmm. So when the dad is negotiating studio contracts for Blanche, he negotiates this contract where he'll only allow them to put Blanche in a movie if Jane is also given a movie. Sure. So that is yeah, where yeah. this this contract comes comes about basically. <laughs> Ridiculous contract. I know it's ludicrous, but <laughs> and it almost destroys Blanche's career because she's still yeah. you know a new person. Uh, but luckily for her, she's so she's so talented and she's become so popular with the audiences that the studio reluctantly agrees, and so they put Baby Jane Hudson in some movies as well. It doesn't go well. We see she's not mm-hmm. not only is she not particularly talented, she's also a nightmare to work with. But what I'm thinking would, would be fun actually is so the two of them are now t- the two sisters are now making movies. Mm-hmm. But it could be that actually, even though Blanche is always like seemed like the victim and the good girl and the talented one, she actually she really resents Jane for like for not giving her any gratitude and for making them and for also being the one that dad that their dad loves yeah yeah so she she really resents her sister for for all of that because she never got any affection from her from her dad herself and so i think she's subtle she can be like subtly undermining jane's career and mm-hmm. kind of making sure that it fails so it makes her a bit more of a villain yeah in this part so yeah. i'm thinking like maybe she's that starts like spiking jane's drinks so that jane's always turning up drunk on set right okay. and then she gets her reputation as being like an alcoholic mm. and, a li- and a liability yeah but actually that started with blanche and she gets jane like hooked on booze and like you know ma- making sure that she's always hung over uh, okay yeah yeah but she always plays like the innocent victim she's like oh, i don't know why my sister drinks so much you know it's like she's always like butter mm. wouldn't melt yeah which yeah. is kind of how she is in the film mm-hmm. but obviously at the end it's revealed that she has a dark side as well mm. so this could really show that she was actually had this in- and, you know at the beginning of the film as well when you see the young one and she's like I'll never forget, you know, and she's so bent. You can tell she's like angry. Yeah. So this, I like the idea of doing like in this mid core kind of thing, like showing that actually she's got this, the moment when she tried to run her over, wasn't just like an isolated incident. She mm-hmm. was, she had her own dark side that she was working on and yeah, uh, it, it was, was all, all about up. psychologically torturing her sister and like making sure her sister failed and mm-hmm. you know, taking revenge for all the bullying she'd, she'd experienced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm thinking she, spikes jane's drinks like spreads rumors around town that jane's a nightmare to work with and that, he's not, she, that she's a bully and that she's hard to work with so so that jane never really gets any kind of traction in hollywood and she never really finds any success and blanche's star continues to rise and she continues to become like the top box office person and she's this huge big movie star yeah but as she gets older her father is just continuing to hold her back because he's still her manager but because he's like this again he, he still is deluded enough to think that jane's the real star and also his, his drinking's got worse and worse and worse. And he, he's pissing off a lot of people in Hollywood mm-hmm. and actually lose actively losing Blanche some big roles. Like maybe she's about to get cast in this major movie and then he, he pisses the wrong person off and she loses the role and then the, whoever gets the role wins an Oscar or something. Mm-hmm. And so Blanche realizes, okay, dad's got to go. Yeah. Like he's, hold, he's holding my career back. Yeah, yeah. So then he could, she could like, Maybe she like cuts the brakes on his car or something. Ooh, like, that's yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking like, it, or, or maybe he like he has an accident. And she's there and she doesn't save him. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, like in Breaking Bad when yeah, the, yeah. the girl's choking. Yeah, it could be that they're in a car together and he's drunk and they crash and she gets out, but she leaves him there to die. Maybe that's better that instead of just like actively killing him, but she just yeah. do, chooses not to save him. So yeah. it's like ramping up her evil. Mm-hmm. So she lets she lets her dad die, but makes it look like an accident, basically. Mm-hmm. And somehow, like, managed to make Jane think that that was her fault as well. Just mm-hmm. still, like, somehow, I don't know. Maybe she pulls Jane out of the car but leaves the dad. 
something like that. Yeah, and then she, but then when Jane comes to, she's like acts like it was the other way around or something. Mm. Just just real psychological torture like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, or maybe says something like it was your drink that drove him to do this. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it was like trying to make your useless career take off was what made him. Mm. The way he was, you know, yeah, something, yeah, but he didn't push himself this hard, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's all, it's all just, yeah, it was your gin that he was drinking that night, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, something like that, yeah, yeah, and all of this obviously causes Jane to fall even further into depression, and that it's like a vicious cycle. She gets depressed, she drinks more, she behaves badly, mm-hmm. she makes worse choices, she gets worse roles, yeah, yeah. eventually she's unhirable, and uh, yeah, and it all just builds up to the party, the night mm-hmm. of this party when. Uh, they talk about when maybe Jane is just especially. I was like, actually, maybe what you could also do is have I'm, I'm, like maybe Jane gets a boyfriend mm. who Blanche also really likes, and maybe Blanche decides to steal the boyfriend. Right. Or maybe she like tries to steal the boyfriend, and the boyfriend rejects her, even though she's the bigger star. Maybe the boyfriend rejects her and stays with Jane or whatever, and maybe that's like the final straw. Because mm. even though she's the, the successful one and everything, she'll never quite feel like she's jane like jane's always been the pretty popular one and she's always been like that yeah. yeah and so that's like something something like that so something snaps in her and leads to that night when the two sisters are going back to the mansion and then we see her uh stick her foot on the accelerator mm-hmm. and the rest is history nice yeah. i like it mm. you could i could totally see this like i don't know why instead of doing like just the feud series which was okay but was mm. a bit what was i didn't love it i'd love to see like a yeah a netflix tv series just of like baby jane and blanche hudson the the hollywood years mm-hmm. you know i could yeah. totally see that today being a thing because they do so much of that like franchisey stuff i'm actually genuinely surprised that hasn't been made yet so yeah. i could totally see that happening yeah yeah no, that like works. rival sisters you know you could have some famous actresses playing them obviously so i think it'd really work yeah so that was the hudson sisters <clears throat> the hollywood years or the hudson sisters hollywood rivalry nice yeah yeah that's good mm-hmm. i like it um okay Cool. Well, mine is a, it's a sequel. Okay, good. So Jane obviously got a lifetime sentence for the murder of, what's her face? Blanche? No. Oh, Elvira? Elvira. So is Blanche alive? Yes. And with, Jane's in prison? With hospitalization, Blanche has recovered from her malnutrition and oh, good. abuse. Okay. So she didn't die at the end. That's good. She, she lives on. Um, I mean, she had the strength to give a very long speech, so I feel like yeah. <laughs> she had a bit left in her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, both are still alive and kicking and, uh, I love how she used the last of a strength to be say, you're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I made you ugly. <laughs> Such a mean thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> so both are still alive and kicking today and due to their love. Well, I mean, Blanche isn't kicking. Not to be mean, but she, she ain't kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. So yeah, both are still alive and that today. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to their love of one another have moved back into the same house when she used to their love of each other well the sisterly love whatever okay um how, how you know when she finishes her life sentence she, she has to go back <laughs> she serves and, a life i mean she's like 60 when this movie ends she does a life sentence and then she's still alive and comes back to the house yes okay um as jane is now diagnosed as very mentally challenged maybe it was like a life sentence but like let off early because like an insanity commuted because of it for reasons of insanity sure yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. whatever yeah so yeah as train is now diagnosed as that quite mentally challenged mm-hmm. and uh i've also written very short-sighted okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay sure <laughs> and blanche is very physically challenged they take care of one another okay so like you know so they're back to square one basically yeah jane's okay. doing all the physical things and blanche's doing all the you know sort of more mental uh, sure. d- demanding things you know just, yeah 
paying all the bills. And yeah, everything. filing the tax return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they forgiven each other. Well, however, Blanche has become even more bitter as the years have gone by. I mean, understandably. By. Um, she never forgave Jane for how she tortured her. I mean, yeah, I w- um, don't blame her. And uh, you'd think that Jane wouldn't forgive her for making her think that she crippled her, but she's not really in that kind of a state to care. Is she still regressed like this like child state where she doesn't really... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the two of them are very old now and mm. are living into their mid-110s. It's the year 2021. Oh, okay. So they are um, like both wheelchair-bound at this point. Right? Yeah, sure, yeah. And before you ask a question, no, it is not explained how they're both that old. Okay. One day, Blanche gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. It's from their business manager. Okay. And once she's finished with the call, she, uh, she, she, she calls Jane up and tells her some good news. The time has come for the 100th anniversary of Baby Jane. Of the film? Of, or of Baby uh, Jane's? Uh, of, of Baby Jane's initial run of shows. Oh, from like the written letters of Daddy Days? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Wow. And Jane is very excited. Mm. The agent has arranged a few interviews a possible appearance at a convention, Ooh. and an actual 100th anniversary show. Oh, wow, okay. She's finally getting that comeback. Mm. Jane is ecstatic. I bet. She's so excited that she's finally getting recognition she's been craving her whole adult life. Mm-hmm. So she immediately rushes into her room and starts her packing montage. All her baby <laughs> Jane outfits, three wigs, and a few bottles of ginger to keep her palette wet. So she's 110. Sure, Is this yeah. like a very slow packing montage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, the following morning, a car pulls up outside and drives her and Blanche to a hotel in downtown Hollywood. Mm-hmm. The interviews will be held in the hotel room with a conference downstairs and a performance in the Grand Theatre across the street. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, I'm actually building up to a twist here, but I'm just going to tell you what it is because I think it'll be funner. Okay. So this is all actually a big ruse. Okay. Um, it's you, know, you, you, can, you can decide here. It's either a prank that Blanche is playing on Jane's poor, vulnerable mind. Oh, so, so like it, it, she's going to... Get all excited and then it's going to be like an empty theatre hall. Or it's actually a kind trick played by Loving Sister to keep Jane's mind active. Oh no, the first one. The okay. first one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Keep, keep it bitchy. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's not actually the 100th anniversary. Like it, It's like 20 years later or whatever. Sure. They're old ladies, but it's, let's not get ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Blanche is saying it's the 100th anniversary, so right. it's big. Right. And okay. uh, Jane's like, oh my God. But yeah, there are no interviews, no conventions, no show to be oh, performed. Poor Jane. There's nothing like that. But we do get, um, I've written this more as though you picked the second answer where it's a, where it's a nice thing. So we'll see. Why did you ever think I'd go for the nice thing? <laughs> well, anyway, look. so we do get a few interviews from some journalists who are, um, who are all actually Blanche in different disguises. <laughs> like a series of increasingly ludicrous wigs. Yes. Great. Yes. Love it. Okay practicing all her acting chops oh is this why jane is short-sighted because she can't see that it's yeah, her yeah, yeah, okay yeah. right like um, but like for us maybe it's quite obvious yeah yeah sure it could be yeah um then i was thinking for the convention we get blanche maybe a couple of hotel staff um who are good at very good at voices mm-hmm. clearly it runs in the family be yeah, good yeah, at voices. Yeah. and uh they just have a single baby jane doll like the only remaining baby jane doll and they keep giving it to Blanche to sign yeah. as though they're a new fan walking in a queue. Right, like, okay. Oh, it's you, baby Jane, please sign my doll. Hi, baby Jane, please sign my doll. Wait, so the, by the end, the doll is just covered in signatures. Yeah, okay. but she can't see. <laughs> sure, okay. So yeah, that could be the convention. And then I wasn't really sure what to do for the uh, the actual concert. Um, I was thinking something with cardboard cutouts. Yeah, but, like, uh, like the entire crowd is like paper, papier-mâché. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Um I don't really know what where, where, where to go from here. What do you think? Okay. So again, are we going on the assumption that it's a cruel prank or a, is this like the height of the cruel prank? 
I think so. It's yeah. just going to go out to an empty stage. Yeah. yeah. And it, maybe it's like a bit of a carry situation where like the idea is that she'll have like a, uh, a yeah, pig's yeah. blood or fall there at the end or something. Yeah. But maybe baby Jane like unexpectedly triumphs. Yeah. Maybe she knew. Maybe, maybe, maybe like Blanche is expecting baby Jane to be absolutely terrible. And even though she's the only person, Blanche, the only person in the audience, mm. you know, she had a whole big, horrible thing planned where like nobody makes any noise because there's nobody there. But then when baby Jane comes on and does the performance, Blanche actually like tears up. Yeah. And she's like, she's still got it. Yeah. God damn it. She's, she's yeah. just so good. <laughs> yeah. That letter to daddy song, it just gets me every time. Yeah. yeah. So maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or I was thinking like, because even in the original film, it's like, there's so many times when Blanche could get away, but Jane just seems to always come up smelling of roses until mm. the very, very end. Yeah. And even then that's more like Jane giving herself up in many ways. Mm. So maybe it's like, yeah, Blanche is like, this is it. This is going to be the moment. Mm-hmm. And then somehow Jane has managed to realize what's going on and has got word around and actually put some real adverts out and like a real crowd traps in and then suddenly she gets like a standing ovation <laughs> and so she pranks blanche she she yeah she she pranks the prankster yeah and right. then blanche is like damn it jane yeah. <laughs> damn you baby jane yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah so that was uh i had two titles uh what will happen to baby jane because uh-huh. it's kind of the like future, it's going yeah. on but also what never happened to baby what jane. never happens baby jane yeah. which, I, which is but it's more play on words yeah it? yeah no, that's good i like it cool. um so yeah, well, yeah could also just be called feud like the tv show because it's oh, just yeah, the, the sure. continuation of the feud so yeah 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 i like it very good nice good Cool. Should we move on to listener submissions? Yeah. We've got a handful this week. So Dennis Fanning said, Baby Jane's Space Jam Vacation. <laughs> I guess because Baby Jane kind of looks like a cartoon in some sequences. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Justine Weisinger said, Aging Women, the most frightening threat of them all. <laughs> she says, not sure how to do a sequel. Maybe Lady Gaga moves into the house and is haunted by an envious Jane. Of course. Now I like this. So maybe like, Lady Gaga playing herself, why yeah, not? Yeah. Buys that mansion. This is in a universe where Baby Jane really existed, but she's now dead because it's yeah. like 2021. And it's maybe it's haunted by the ghost of Baby Jane. Mm-hmm. So like Lady Gaga is like, oh god, that gets so annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that song every night. Yeah, every yeah. every single night, just like it's all she hears. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's about I don't know why it's Lady Gaga, but it kind of makes sense to it has to exercise the ghost of late of baby jane mm-hmm. yeah maybe reconcile it with the ghost of blanche hudson who's also there <laughs> just yeah it, they're both haunting the house so imagine mm-hmm. being that it's like beetlejuice it's like how annoying that would be yeah you're just interrupting this eternal feud yeah yeah every night every, every now and then like a vase just like flies across the room you're like what happened there yeah. and then we see it from another angle they're just throwing shit yeah. at each other but like you hear every night that song is like the written the letter to, to daddy song is being sung in a ghostly voice mm. and then at all, that at all, buzzer that buzzer keeps going off yeah yeah, yeah. That, that could be fun actually yeah the yeah. ghosts the ghosts of baby jane and blanche hudson mm-hmm. that'd be great sean mulroney said whatever happened to baby driver yeah there's no sequel idea there but that movie baby driver yeah well what maybe, did happen to it yeah maybe maybe he has a brother i don't know yeah i don't remember that movie very well to be honest mm. sean collins said whatever happened to babylon zoo the story of a 90s one hit wonder locked in a house with their more famous mm-hmm. Uh, Babylon Zoo heard that song. Spaceman, I always wanted you to go into spaceman. No, nothing. Nope. Okay, fair enough. Well, I guess Baby Babylon. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben Rowland said, "Whatever happens to Baby Shark?" I guess it's the same <laughs> principle. Yeah. That's, that's more your level, isn't it? The Baby yeah, Shark. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess the kids from the Baby Shark movie grow up and become. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And finally, over on Twitter, Peter in London, at Peter in London UK, said, I thought it'd be interesting to see Baby Jane in the institution after the events of the original film. She plunges into delusion and thinks she's a star, and the other patients start to treat her like a big star because of her convincing star charisma. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she, kind of similar to yours, she ends up in a mental institution, but because she still believes she's like an entertainer, she, and because all the people in the institution with her are all also mentally unwell mm-hmm. they believe her and then she actually finally finds stardom on the wing in in like you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest on the wing of the mental inst- mental health institution yeah it'll be quite interesting yeah cool so thank you everybody for those sequel ideas we ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by putting posts out on facebook and twitter where you can post your ideas so make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out to listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you so wish. You can also support us on Patreon for as much or as little as you think we're worth to access all the bonus features that Harry mentioned earlier. You can find all the relevant links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, Harry, we are throwing back to you. Mm-hmm. What have you got for me? Okay, well, I was thinking about... Um, initially doing Volcano. Oh, as, yeah. As, as, oh, is that off the table as, now? As, as we had discussed. Mm. I don't really feel like I want to. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I, don't, I, don't rem- I don't remember it being super fun. I wanted two bits that were good, but yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I thought I'd do something else that's not too dissimilar. Okay. Um, is there a volcano in it? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. I was being, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Great. The third of the trilogy. The third of the unofficial trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big old disaster movie. Love it with a with a, with a great cast. Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve. Oh, I have not seen this. I think it was Roland Emmerich as well from like Independence. Oh great, Day yeah. Stuff. I mean, he's he's always an interesting time. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, should be fun. Great. Okay. So listeners, join us next week for twenty twelve. Yeah, it's uh, so it's, it's it's a much funner season than John's gay old film season. Hey. That's in the eye of the beholder. I had a good time. <laughs> Some of the listeners might have enjoyed it. Who knows? Sure. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Maybe you remember me. I'm Baby Jane Hudson. Oh, uh, sure.